Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. Yeah. I let Coach Sumlin, yeah. I let the stoop. The entire first half, we got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money, and all we wanted to do was have pouty expressions on our face. Hello and welcome to the Around the 12 podcast. My name is Tanner Price and I'm here with my co-host Greg Hockert. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. It's New, New Year's Eve, mid-bowl season. How's uh, how was your uh, how's your Christmas? Christmas was good. Uh, had a lot, a lot of stuff going on. Um, just a side note, if Greg and I sound like we're talking through gravel right now, uh, we were groomsmen in a wedding last night and we had a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, just just a heads up for everybody. It was uh, it was a long day, but it, it, it was fun though. It was fun. Shout out! I don't know if he'll be listening or not. Probably not, considering he's on his honeymoon. But Michael Morrissey, shout out to Michael and Erica yeah. for uh, their um, their marriage yesterday. Yeah, for sure. Um, so today is an eventful day. So we're actually watching the Alabama Kansas Kansas State uh, Sugar Bowl right now, and we got some basketball coming up today. We got. We got it's a huge day of sports. The college football playoff tonight, so it's 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 a big day. We got a lot going on, but um, yeah. So basically, in the last week, for basketball wise, the Big Twelve basketball scoreboard, the only really notable game was TCU beating Utah by four, just one power five against another. Yeah, I mean, no, not many games happened since we've last recorded. Just being um, that m- most of these teams do get a break. For Christmas, basketball players go home for a couple of days, um, and then they uh, have a little bit more practice to get ready for conference play, which, start, which uh, starts today. So yeah. finally, it's what we've been what we've been looking forward to for about a month and a half now, maybe. Yeah, yeah, we're very excited. Um, so actually, Big Twelve play starts today. Yep, today, uh, New Year's Eve, December thirty first. I was about to say December twenty first, but uh, yeah, December thirty first. Um, Let's we're gonna let's do a quick run through on the games and we'll make some picks. I I think we could pretty easily get all of these right today. But we got Can, uh, Oklahoma State at Kansas today. Kansas is number four in the country, so I mean I personally I'd have to go with Kansas on this one. Yeah, one of the best uh, home court advantages in college basketball, literally in the world. I uh, yeah, arguably, arguably, yeah. I um, it's gonna be really interesting to see. Like Tanner and I have been talking about, and, and we'll get to the ranked teams we have, but currently uh, five out of the ten, so half of the Big 12 teams are in the top 25 right now, which is just uh, astounding if you actually sit down and, and, and think about that number. Um, and like we've mentioned before, there's another three or four teams that are just right on the outside looking into that top 25. Uh, now that conference play starts, and the Big 12's favorite thing to do is just beat up on each other. <laughs> And so there, like a lot of these team Kansas at four, Texas at six, Baylor at twelve, you'll you'll see them unless uh, one of those teams falls off heavily. You'll you'll see them stay in the top twenty-five. But then we've got TCU at eighteen and West Virginia at twenty-four, and then I'm sure a couple of other teams right on the outside looking in. So you'll see that shake up a little bit um, throughout the weeks, especially as we get into these um, these grueling grueling weeks where you have a conference a conference game. On a on a Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, and then you turn around and uh, you got another conference game on a Saturday. You know it could be back to back top top ten, top twenty five matchups. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah one one of the one thing I wanted to touch on really quick. So like you're talking about with the ranked teams. So 
the FPI, I don't know what it actually stands for, but it basically tells you the average, or it tells you where your team is ranked uh, among all the teams in the country. Um, and as as a whole, the Big Twelve it has an FPI of thirty. So the average rank, the average ranking of all the teams in the Big Twelve is thirty. So that's that's a that's by far and away the best in the country. Um, it's actually about twenty position spots ahead of the next conference. I I don't remember who that was, but yeah, it's a big deal. Probably the ACC, if I had to guess. But yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't actually followed outside of the Big Twelve how how the rest of the country has been doing uh, in basketball yet. So we'll, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure the uh, more basketball games will be will be on my TV in the coming weeks. Oh just, yeah, uh, with um, conference play starting, it, it doesn't get better than that. So yeah. And next we have uh, Texas Tech versus TCU. Greg, what are you what are you thinking on this one? Man, well, I'm trying to think who. Um, thing about college basketball is I'm like home court advantage plays so much of a um so much of an impact that it's like I don't know I I think on a neutral court these teams are very even um you know I'll say TCU I'll say TCU I think um again I mean you're talking about TCU being the top 25 team Mike Miles uh, assuming he's um stays out of foul trouble um I, I think uh, I think TCU would pull it out, but would uh, would expect that it would be a very very close very close game as many of these uh, conference games will be. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I agree with you there. Um, I think yeah, TCU is probably most likely going to pull it out. Um, Texas versus Oklahoma. I'm going to have to go with Texas on this one. I think they have one or two losses on the year. OU is not not played up to standard probably, but. It's fun, a little Red River rivalry to start the uh, conference slate. Yeah, it's, that's true. That's it's a very, very exciting game for sure for both fan bases. Um, next, we got Baylor versus Iowa State. Um, I, I mean, I'm I'm gonna have to go with Baylor on this one. Iowa State has been ranked in the top twenty-five at one point this year, but I don't, I I just think that Baylor and the program that they've built there, I, it's it's gonna be hard to go against them pretty much all year, honestly. Yeah, I I would agree with you. Um, although again, I would say um, Iowa State is one of those teams that I think could make a real push. Um, I I feel like they're one of those teams that are just like you said, they were ranked in the top twenty five at the beginning of this year, and um, they're just right on that outside looking in. And a win against Baylor could really um, could really propel them back back into those rankings. Right. And then we got the last game of the day is West Virginia versus Kansas State. This one's kind of hard for me to pick because I I think that both teams are pretty solid. Probably right. Well, West Virginia is ranked twenty four. Kansas State is probably right on right on the edge. I'll take uh, I'll take West Virginia. I think Kansas State fans care more about uh, winning the Sugar Bowl today against Bama than they do this basketball game. I agree with you as well. So, yeah, it's re- I mean today is really exciting because each each I think you might have said this before, but yeah, each game contains at least one ranked team. Um, so that's that's really good to see from yeah. the Big Twelve. Well, Greg, that's we did our due diligence on basketball there. We're 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 gonna spend more time on basketball in the coming weeks, but we have some football news and games and all everything to talk about basically. Um, the transfer portal's definitely been slowing down since since the beginning since it opened up a couple of weeks ago, but 
Um, so I think that I think that there's I think that we're actually in a um, dead period right now. Yes, we um, are. So with the bowl games, we're yeah. In a dead period. So so correct me if I'm wrong. No one can officially enter their name in the portal that has not already. Yes, but you can you can basically you can do the social media. Posts. You can do the social. Yeah, you can do the. You, you can't officially yeah. like. Within the NCAA's website, you can't like go and sign that you're that you're in the transfer portal, but you can you can publicly state that you have the intention to do that. Yeah. So with that being said, not uh, not too not too many um, updates in terms of quantity, but the the few signings that we've had have been significant. Um, specifically, a couple of interconference transfers, which is very. Very interesting, weird concept. I can't say I'm a fan of it, transferring in conference. Um, but again, uh, it's so cliche, but it's the day and age we live in. So, you know, we got to yeah. gotta live with it. And well, I, as much as I don't like it, for for coaching staffs, it makes sense, right? You see, you don't you don't play these teams in any other Power 5 conference. You, For instance, uh, Baylor, one signing was Baylor signs... Uh, Dominic Richardson, uh, the number one running back this past year at Oklahoma State, but I mean, they they saw they saw him, they saw him play, so they they know exactly what he looks like. They scouted for him, yeah. so maybe Dave Aranda was like, "I like this kid." Yeah, um, that's a fair point. I didn't think about that. It's just it's just tough because I mean, especially in the Big Twelve, and now of course next year will look different. Not everyone is going to play everyone based on the fact that there'll be uh, four more teams in the conference. Um, but I mean. More than likely, these guys are going to see their former teams, and that's all. That, that that's all fine, of course. I just, it just to me, it, it strikes me as as a little bit odd. Um, and and it's not just happening in the Big Twelve; it happens all over the place. Right, right. Um, so yeah, moving on from Baylor, Kansas signed two defensive players. Uh, both both of them from Minnesota. I thought that was kind of interesting. They're probably roommates. Um, that one of them is an edge rusher, and one of them is a defensive tackle. So. I, I could see Kansas trying to shore up that that defense. Yeah, I mean filling in, uh, filling huge needs there, and we'll get to their bowl game. But obviously, obviously, uh, defense for Kansas is is a um, really all around. Whatever they can get, I think will uh, help them for for next season. And and both of these players from Minnesota, um, I would expect to contribute immediately. Right, even if it's just even if it's just for depth, it's it's nice right. to have. Um, and then OU kind of. Uh, ruffling some feathers, you could say. Uh, OU signs Trace Ford from Oklahoma State, which there was a lot of negative stuff happening. Probably, on yeah, probably the most notable signing, um, just being that there hasn't been a player from um, OSU that has transferred to OU, or and there still has not been a player from OU that has transferred to OSU, and. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think OU and Texas nope. have had any nope. uh, transfers from team to team. So it's it's. Uh, I mean, when you talk about these huge rivalries in college football, fans take it so personally, um, and and, uh, and and it makes sense. I mean, it's it's something to get excited about, especially as some of these rivalries, specifically Bedlam, are coming to an end. Um, and 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 then in the off season, I mean, let's face it, fans are kind of desperate. There's not as much to talk about. There's there's you don't have the games going on, and so uh, a, a, an o- Oklahoma State starting defensive end, and not just starting at, at times he's had injury problems. Trace Ford has, but at times he's been 
one of the better players on Oklahoma State's defense, uh, enters the portal a couple weeks ago, like we talked about, um, visited USC and visited OU and ultimately signed with OU. So it's odd. Again, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the interconference transfers, um, but Trace Ford, I mean, he is from Oklahoma and wanted to stay local, so signed yeah. at OU. Yeah. I I understand from a fan base perspective that you might be upset if one of your your players transfers to your basically rival. arch rival. Yeah. Like that is upsetting, but the way that some people were taking it out on the kid is Yeah. Cool. I think it's a I think it's completely fine to be upset about it. I mean I know, you know, if if I know that that even personally, like as an OSU fan, like was I happy that Trace Ford transferred to OU? Absolutely not. But I think that some of these fans on on social media in specific, it gets really tough because you know you there's there's a line it, there's a line between not liking the decision and then blatantly um, disrespecting someone on social media and and saying really really poor things about about the person and their family and. You know, it's at the end of the day, it's uh, it's it's a rivalry, and that's all fine. But when it gets down to uh, personal decisions and and choices like these, it's it becomes less about the rivalry, more about the uh, individual player and that person as a human being. And, and I mean, it's uh, hard to it's hard to knock Trace Ford um, for his decision um, from just him as an individual. But if you look at it from a fan base perspective it gets really easy to uh, be confused as to why one would transfer uh, to their arch rival. Right. Yep. I agree with you. Um, also, OU signs another in-conference player, Reggie Pearson from Texas Tech. You got you got a little something for us on him, Greg? <sighs> Not much on Reggie Pearson in specific, but he's been a huge contributor for Tech in the last uh, year or so. And, I mean, again, uh, kind of like we mentioned for Kansas, OU's biggest weakness this year was their – uh, was their defense ultimately, and they signed two huge uh, additions in Trace Ford and Reggie Pearson. And uh, like we mentioned, if Trace Ford can stay healthy, uh, he's going to yep, be he's great dangerous. for OU. And then Reggie Pearson from Tech, uh, I I have I, I have zero doubt that he will probably come in and and, and be a day one starter and uh, and help that defense uh, improve um, yeah. from the second he gets there. Yeah, no doubt. Um, okay, so. That's basically it for transfer portal. Uh, when when the portal opens back up, we will probably get into it a little bit more as we're expecting some players to enter, some players to sign. Um, but Greg, what do you what do you got for us on on the bowl games? Let's, let's so let's we do can some do some recaps. Let's do a little recap. So Tanner and I we picked our bowl games in the last well the last two episodes technically we covered. Oklahoma State and Wisconsin and Baylor and Air Force uh, two episodes ago, and then we picked the rest of the games last week. So we are both, you know, we had very different predictions, Tanner, but we're both three and two. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. And this bowl season has been not kind to the Big 12, no. uh, to say the least. Um, and I think that, I mean, again, um, to an extent, I think Tanner and I both kind of expected it in our predictions, but I, I can confidently say I, I didn't think it would be this bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I did not think the Big 12 would be 1-5 heading into the New Year's Six Bowl games, but here we are. and I think, and this is something you mentioned to me um, off off the uh, off the podcast, but I think uh, that 1-5, that's, that's a really bad look. 
You know what? Uh, you know what makes that look a lot better? What's that? Uh, TCU beating Michigan tonight. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would yeah. that would be great. It. I think that would solve everything. I mean, the Big Twelve could be zero and seven heading in to the game tonight, and if TCU wins, it it heals all wounds. It fixes everything. It it because I mean that that's the game people are watching, right? And of course, Kansas State and Alabama. I don't mean to diminish the the significance of that game as well. Um, and uh, again, like. Game will be over by the time this podcast is out, but it's uh, almost <laughs> halftime, and Kansas State's putting up a great fight. And uh, just to remind everyone, I picked Alabama, even though I would love to see Kansas State win. And uh, Tanner, Tanner, uh, Tanner went with Kansas State. So, then go ahead and uh, jump into the the games if you want, starting with uh, Air Force and, and Baylor. Give me, give give it to me, Greg. All right, I'll, come I'll on. Give, I'll give you your flowers. Tanner pretty much picked this exactly how it happened, and I didn't want to believe him. <laughs> I, I told him that I, t- I said Baylor's got weeks to prepare for this. They'll be fine. You know the weather; it's a factor, but it won't be that big of a factor. And and um, not only did Air Force win, but they won in in uh, a very uh, Air Force fashion. And, <laughs> and it's what Tanner says. I mean, props to props to you. Yep, Air Force controlled the time of possession. They controlled the running game. Um, they actually comp- they threw. They had seven passing attempts. Only completed four of them, but that, those four went for 103 passing yards and a touchdown. I mean, so it's just a clinic. I mean, I mean that's exactly what you said. You said <laughs> they pass it a, a half dozen times, but they would average about 100 yards of doing so. That's exactly what happened. And then, uh, yeah, time of possession, they controlled it. But, I mean, like, they, they did more than that. They dominated. I mean, <laughs> 40 minutes, um, they, they had the ball for two-thirds of the game. Yep. I mean, that's... Almost unheard of, um, and then like we mentioned in the last episode, uh, it was 20, 15, 20 degrees with uh, oh, yeah. with with oh, uh, with w- wind. Wind chill is probably around w- zero. Yeah, and so it, it uh, not not a fun not a fun game um, weather wise. There was basically Air Force, no fans there either. Oh yeah, Air, Air Force just uh, controlled the game. Um, Baylor. Baylor did not look great. Um, Blake Shapin struggled, um, but like we mentioned, it, it could have been partially due to the weather. Um, but uh, yeah, Tanner, uh, another um, another point to discipline teams for uh, Air yep. Force Air Force uh, winning and, and winning in the way that they play football. Yep, exactly. All right, so next, I I have to give I have to also give Greg his flowers. Um, Wisconsin pulled out a low-scoring win against Oklahoma State. Um, yeah, like you said, both backup quarterbacks, so it was going to be a low-scoring game. Wisconsin was going to try to control the time of possession. They were going to run the ball down OSU's throat, and that is also exactly what happened. Um, yeah, it was kind of kind of gro- it was a gross game. It through, was bad through the first. Well, if you're a Wisconsin fan, it was the most beautiful game you've ever watched <laughs> in your life. Um, but realistically, it was kind of a just a nasty game. I mean, also, this is not a. Um, I'm not making excuses for anybody, but the the field was. Awful. I, I was going to bring this up. I was going to say, can we not play any more ball games on a baseball field again or a baseball stadium? Yeah, like it. It. Uh, it was. It was bad and and this this uh Oklahoma State Wisconsin bowl game was not 
the only bowl game that struggled with this. Yes. Um, there were multiple bowl games out there that were played on baseball fields, and, and none of them seemed to uh, seemed to be that safe for the players. Um, and, and then just to clarify, so Wisconsin did beat Oklahoma State 24-17. to um, Braylon Allen uh, was the leading rusher for Wisconsin, pretty much uh, along the lines of what I predicted. He was the um, only known uh, commodity, really, for, for either team heading into this game. You knew what you were going to get from him. Uh, he came through, rushed for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Oklahoma State, uh, they, they, they had flashes uh, where they looked pretty good. Garrett Rangel, the true freshman quarterback, had flashes. Um, Stephon Johnson with um, probably, even though Wisconsin won, probably the play of the game, taking a screen uh, screen pass, 84 yards for a touchdown in the first quarter. Yeah, um, it, was, it was really impressive. Uh, but And then Garrett Rangel made another play to, to trim the lead in the, uh, in the fourth quarter on the uh, little uh, impromptu shovel pass. It was a blown play. Just a blown read option play, getting wrapped up around the five-yard line, just kind of uh, desperately shoveled the ball to uh, Oklahoma State's running back Ollie Gordon and caught it right on the goal line. So <laughs> I mean, was, yeah, not really how you drew it up, but um, yeah, it tw- it, score was twenty four to seventeen. Um, Wisconsin, it, it, it Oklahoma State could have won this game, but I will say that Wisconsin dominated three fourths of this game. Um, Oklahoma State just made that last second attempt to come back in the fourth quarter and ultimately fell a little short. Yep, that's that's really what it came down to. Um, here we go, Greg. The next game. This this is by far, I think, the best bowl game we've seen so far. This was a this was a it was a uh, classic classic game. Yes, instant classic number one. Arkansas pulls out a triple overtime thriller against Kansas, fifty five to fifty three. You would think this was a college basketball game. It was the I think it was the fourth highest scoring bowl game of all time. I saw I saw that somewhere. Um, if you hit the if you bet the over on this game, it yeah you were comfortable by the third quarter. Yeah, you had yeah no so money uh, in the bank. So just to again just to recap our prediction, so Tanner did pick Arkansas in this game. I I do have to call him out a little bit for this though. He uh, so we're watching this game for first quarter. I think Arkansas was up at one point thirty one to seven. I, I believe right at the beginning of the second quarter and. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't 100% dog on Tanner for this. I, I, I myself got up and and did my own thing because I thought the game was over. Um, and I get a text from Tanner saying, "Looks like I'm going to be two and one on bowl predictions, <laughs> uh, or maybe three and one. I don't remember exactly. It was um, two and one. At this okay, point. and uh, and and I come back and uh, an hour or so later, and all of a sudden, we're. Uh, we're a two-point conversion away from overtime for Kansas, so I, it it would have been real funny if, if uh, Kansas had pulled this one out. But man, it this was this was a thriller, and I mean, again, um, I don't know if we mentioned this. We we probably did, but uh, we expected this to be high scoring. Um, like we mentioned, Arkansas took an early lead. We both thought it was over. Uh, Jalen Daniels though uh, fights back, has a huge fourth quarter. Kansas scored how many unanswered points? It's like 18. 18. In the fourth. And uh, gets an onside kick even uh, to keep that momentum rolling. Um, yeah, I mean, an incredible game. It's, uh, I think, <laughs> these bowl games, you know, people still argue they don't they don't mean a lot. And then you watch Arkansas and Kansas, and it's just like, you can't, you can't tell me that bowl games don't mean, don't mean something. Yep. I, I totally agree. I'm glad... 
I'm glad it was a really good game. I'm also glad Arkansas won. Well, <laughs> for your predictions. For, for my predictions, yes. Did you see, so the, the one of the most, is this is just like the epitome of bowl season to me. On, on Kansas, one of Kansas' two-point conversions to tie the game, The there is an Arkansas fan with a huge red hat on, standing and covering the camera. Oh, so yes, I did see that. couldn't even see the Kansas tight end catch the uh, catch the two-point conversion. It's just, it's it's so funny. And, and these bowl games can, can get pretty shambly at times. Oh, yeah. And this one was the definition of, of that. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and finally, finally, we got some... We, we got some good news for everybody. Texas Tech put a beat down on Ole Miss. Texas Tech just putting the conference on their back. You know, one and five, and Tech's looking around like, what? What's wrong with everyone? Hey, else? everybody, what happened? Yeah, so they beat Ole Miss forty-two to twenty-five. They they pretty much controlled the game outright. Uh, Tyler Shook really he he wasn't really impressive in the air, um, but he did have over one hundred and ten rushing yards, which. I don't know if you would necessarily want to see that from your quarterback. Cause if it works, it works. 42 points speaks for itself. That's I mean, true. Um, they, yeah, I mean, again, I think uh, Tyler Shook has not played. I mean, he's been injured the majority of the year. I think I think this was probably his fourth game, maybe? Yeah. Fourth or yeah. fifth game. I mean, he, he hasn't even played in, in half the games this season. So really just still kind of getting used to um, being in that role, being at at Texas Tech again, he transferred in from Oregon, I believe. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, impressive. Yes, I- I- impressive. 110 yards rushing. I mean, again, like you said, it's not. That may, that's probably not the way they drew it up, but if it works, it works. Yep, you can't really complain about it if if it gets you a, a bowl game win. Um, but yeah, Jackson Dart, who's the quarterback for Ole Miss, he. Honestly, he had a tough day trying to figure out the tech defense through three picks. Also, both teams were just like going for it on fourth down all over the place. Yeah, it, it might. It, I mean, like you were saying, it's the the epitome of a bowl game. You're just doing random stuff, especially when it's against Lane Kiffin. And <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I think. Although, I, and again, I'll give a give props to Texas Tech here. We've been we've been saying now for for the majority of of this whole podcast that Texas Tech's defense is underrated. They uh they have been really good at times this year and also um, been really bad at times. They, they've been bad at times, yes, but I think that um they still have that uh, uh that stereotype of of a classic Texas Tech defense. It's going to give up you know forty five points and uh, Ole Miss struggled and and Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin that's offense is their strength. Yep. Yep. Sorry, I was paying attention to the. To the Kansas Alabama game, I don't think that's. Oh no, that's a catch. Sorry, I'm sorry, everybody. Wow. Um, okay, so our final. No, not our final game, but second Washington. To last. Yeah, second to last game that we're gonna recap right now. Uh, Washington beats Texas twenty-seven to twenty. It's kind of. I mean, we both we both picked this game in Washington's favor. Uh, we knew that Texas was gonna be without Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, their their top two running backs, and basically. When you force yourself, or when your players force you to become a become a one dimensional offense, you you see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Texas only rushed for uh, just over two yards of carry in this game, um, and 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 then barely ran the ball at that. Um, so uh, I think Quinn Ewers 
threw the ball 47 times. Um, numbers do not look too bad, uh, but again, it's just it's it's tough when you uh, don't have a run game to uh, to lean on uh, as a as a counterpart in in that offense. Um, uh, Washington, honestly, um, again, I think that was the difference in the game. Was Washington? They were uh, they were able to do both. Um, Michael Penix was able to uh, throw for two touchdowns, threw for over 300 yards. Uh, looked pretty good, and um, but but Washington also ran the ball for five and a half yards of carry. Right, right, yep. I mean, it's it's difficult. No matter how good your defense is, if your offense is one dimensional, it's it's gonna be hard to beat anybody. Well, and finally, we got Florida State beating OU, thirty-five to thirty-two. Also, uh, another really good game. Yeah, and Greg picked Florida State. I picked OU. So this evened it up here. So now o- we are three and two. I mean, honestly. OU looked pretty pretty good. I don't think that I don't think OU or their fans, maybe not the team itself, but uh, I don't think any of OU's fan base had high expectations for this game. Uh, kind of, it seemed the the spread on this was about nine and a half in Florida State's favor. I mean, most people expected Florida State to uh, win pretty convincingly. Um, OU kind of. Seemed as if they might be in over their heads just a little bit in a, in a bowl game that maybe they, sh- they shouldn't be in, but they proved otherwise um, and and really, really made this a very close game. Right. Uh, not as high scoring as Kansas-Arkansas, but came down to the wire. All yes, the same. yes. I mean, it was, it was to me it was kind of impressive. OU used their two freshman running backs because Eric Gray opted out of this game, so... You, as an OU fan, maybe you're like, oh, I don't know how good our running game is going to be. Four, four of their t- top or four of their five starting alignment were out. I mean, it it didn't look like OU even had a shot. Um, and the two true running, tr- whoa, two true freshman. true freshman running backs come out. Both of them, one of them rushes for 100 yards, one rushes for 110. Uh, Dylan Gabriel threw for 250. So I mean. Your bait, your your close, very balanced. Yeah, offense. five hundred yards of total offense. I mean, there's not much more you could ask for uh, from their offense. Now, their defense, and and this has been the story all year, right? It's like, well, what you know, the defense was not able to step up. Now, don't get me wrong, Florida State, uh, Florida State does have a really good offense. They were a top, they were a top. Uh, were they ranked 14? I think they're a top 15 team, I believe. Um, and. Uh, uh, again, they, they they played well, but OU's defense, um, maybe one or two more stops, and, and this game looks completely different. But yep. uh, gave up almost 600 yards of total offense, and I think just um, yeah, just that's that's not going to win you many games. Right. Yeah. So going going through all that, Greg and I are now tied up three to two in the bowl predictions. The Kansas State Alabama game just went to halftime. That will decide. Uh, that will decide, I guess, who um, who wins the, the picks. Yeah, who wins the picks? Because just to recap, uh, so I took Alabama. Uh, Tanner took Kansas State, and then we both uh, we both have TCU beating Michigan tonight. Um, and and boy, I sure hope that 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 is true. Yes, yes, we're we're really pumped. Um, yeah, we're just we're really excited for the two biggest bowl games basically and we're we'll have to we'll we'll get to recap them next week but yeah we're just <laughs> I'm I'm so excited for TCU. I they're going to go I'm out. just yeah, I'm excited for the playoff in general. I they, think I think we've got some good matchups this year. Yep. Yep. They're going to 
TCU's going to get to prove to everybody that they're not just a fluky team that won a couple games on the last second, but they're they're going to get to prove it to people. and we're Hopefully re- improve that Big 12 Bowl record. Yes, please. Please, please, please. Because it's currently looking like we're going to be one in six through seven yeah, games. Yeah, if, if, yeah, Bama has a halftime lead. So, yeah, if, if that holds true... One and six is not good. No, nope. it's not. It's not a good look. And and I don't know. It's it's tough now with all the opt outs. I think I will preface with I think that a lot of these Big Twelve teams had some tough matchups. I mean specifically OU playing a top fifteen team, uh, Baylor having to play in sub zero wind chills against a team that all they do is run the ball. Uh, <laughs> Oklahoma State had to like quarter of their team I think through the portal starting running backs starting quarterback like so there were some unfavorable um things that happened leading up to these (coughs) excuse me leading up to these bowl games um but but you know at the end of the day people are going to look at the conference bowl record and nothing else and they're going to see one and five or one and six and um it's it's not great um and and Unfortunately, that hasn't, or fortunately, I guess that hasn't been the case the last few years. The Big Twelve has been one of the um, top performers in bowl games. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, last year I don't, I don't remember what the record was, but I think we were five and two, um, so four and two, so, somewhere along those lines. And so, um, and then, and that's also to mention, you know, Oklahoma State and Baylor winning the two New Year's Six bowls. You know, two of the bigger, biggest bowl games that Big Twelve teams ended up in. And so, um, we hope that that can. Uh, Come true today with TCU and um, Kansas State uh, and Kansas State uh, winning theirs, um, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, Greg, you got anything else for us? We're we're quite a bit shorter today than normal, but that's all right. N- no basketball to recap, but there will be next week. I'm I'm excited for the first. I don't know what I'm going to watch today. Yeah. I mean, I'll be watching the the TCU game for sure, but I mean, I I, I gotta I don't know. We're, I'm going to have to have a basketball game on my phone, football football game on the TV. You might have to go try screen phone, laptop, TV. That's what I did last week but for different games. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We we are very excited uh, to continue doing this podcast. I hope, please, I hope that you are sharing this with people. Please tell your friends about it. Um, we would love, honestly, actually, we have some time. Greg and I have been talking about this. We would love if someone... Um, would share this with uh, one of their friends or coworkers or something. And if if you would like for us to do a read-in for you or anything like that, we would love someone to give us a small sponsorship. Um, we're basically just looking to cover the costs of the podcast, which is not very much, but it would be very kind, generous. And also, if you own a business or you just <laughs> want to get your name out there, we would love to do a read-in for you. Absolutely. So yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at around the twelve. You can f- follow Greg at uh, Greg Hawkert. I'm I'm not sure what your at is. Um, they, they they can find it by Hawkert. H O C K E R T. It's uh, not not a common last name. So. Yep. Uh, and I'm not going to give you my at because it's really long and strenuous. But you can probably <laughs> you find it, it at. Uh, my name is Tanner Price. This is Greg Hawker. Uh, we thank you guys for listening. Yeah, share it with your friends, your family, coworkers, whoever. Um, we thank you. We love you. Goodbye.